Go blue. Your guy's back. He'll be back. Harbaugh. Free Harbaugh. He's back. Hello and welcome back to the Second and Two podcast. I'm your host, TB. I got my co-host, producer extraordinaire, fan of the Broncos who have won five straight. Fan of Texas who blew out their rival and are going into the Big 12 title game. And also a, a one-man Thanksgiving machine because he made it for himself. Jody! I made, I made half my food. I actually went and hung out with Johnny and his girlfriend. So okay. All right. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't just cooking up for me. But I do. I don't know how everything turned out because it was like I had to – I winged most of the food I made. Like the cream corn, I didn't have flour, so I used – a little bit of the corn bread mix in there and then like the spices i just threw in whatever i had might taste a little funky a little little garlicky but it is what it is okay but and then i housed the whole thing of hawaiian hawaiian rolls um gas well done well done uh i was gonna ask you how your thanksgiving was it sounds like it was really good so i'm I'm, uh, i'm happy for you yeah, watch football, of course, you know, got three, three decent games. I guess the first one was the most important. That was one we wrote off, off rip. So true. True. So, yeah. And then the other ones, you know, they were just there. I didn't really watch much of that Niners game, but I don't really think I missed much, but you did it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, other than, what about you? Thanksgiving was good. Had a good time uh, at, at Jill's parents' house. Met uh-huh. a bunch of people. That's always a good time on the holiday. <laughs> Had a How many bunch names of did you food. have to ask for again later on in the day? How many what? Names did you have to ask people to oh, tell you what they were? A million. Uh, <laughs> it, felt like, it felt like a million. Um, by the end of the day, I was really tired. It was a long day. Uh-huh. It, was, it was fun. It was good. Um, and uh, good food. Lots of it, too. Yeah. Um, I, made, I made a nice spinach dip uh, bread bowl. And uh, the fam loved it. I made a good impression, apparently. There you um, go. I was asked to make it again if oh. they ever host, host anything there, you know. And I'm and I'm coming. Oh, I was like asked to make it again. Or so, yeah. Yep. So I think I did. You know, <laughs> pretty good. My weekend got even better because Michigan beat Ohio State in the game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I haven't professed my love for Michigan much on this podcast because it's mostly an NFL podcast. But for those of you that don't know, I'm a big Michigan fan. You can see it in the background there. Um, uh-huh. And uh, that game is like, you know, it's called the game for a reason. It's probably the most important game in my livelihood that I don't actually coach on a year in and year out basis. <laughs> and it will determine my mood for a weekend. So. The last three years, it's been really good, really good. So um, yeah. shout out to uh, Michigan for beating Ohio State for the third year in a row. Go Blue. Your guy's back. He'll be back. Harbaugh. Free Harbaugh. He's back. Yeah. Free him. He's back. <laughs> uh, but uh, we got to dive right into the NFL news, my guy. Um, I'll start us off. The Steelers. You know, we talked about them firing Matt Canada. That was big news on Tuesday. And uh, 
They had 421 yards of offense today. They only had like 16 points, I think. But they had 421 yeah. yards of offense, which was their first 400-yard day in like two and a half seasons. And it was also their most yards since week 16 of 2018. I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say that That's again because I don't know if I don't know if anyone is understanding what I just like week 16 of 2018. It's been five years since they had a 421 yard day. Um, <laughs> now clearly we can play the results right and play the results game, but it does kind of feel like maybe Matt Canada was the problem. How it's hard to see their OC. I I think a, I think his first year might have been 18. Night maybe it was no. 19. But okay. for a while, he had been the, the OC there for a while, and uh, he never had a day like that the entire time he was their offensive coordinator. So um, the Steelers obviously beat the Bengals with a backup quarterback and Jake Browning, who didn't look terrible for a while, and then he threw a pick that was pretty costly. And uh, But ultimately, good day for the Steelers, and obviously, you know, I think – Maybe a bad day for Matt Canada because that doesn't look great. All right, so I guess he was their QB coach in 2020 and then was OC in the next year. Okay, okay, that makes sense. I was going to say, I thought he had been on the staff for a while. Uh-huh. Um, that made, that makes sense. So, yeah, that's that's wild. It was before this man even was coaching for the er, before he was their OC, which is hilarious. Got to show out with that when the man not being there no more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's right. He was in. Uh, golly, the last time the Steelers had a day like this, Matt Canada was the interim head coach at Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> My guy in was college. in NCAA. Yeah, in college. So, um, yeah, tough, tough look for Matt Canada today, but um, good for the good good win for the Steelers. Yeah, next thing we're looking at is the Broncos winning their fifth straight game, as you talked about at the top. They they beat the Browns, and it's funny that it says, or I, it shouldn't. It's not funny to say, but we had talked about it, me, Johnny, and Mitch, where it's like he, Johnny said, "So is a uh, Bounty Gate back, or because these fools just smacking everyone out here?" And with that being said, our guy DTR got concussed. Mari Cooper hurt his ribs. And- <laughs> You said playoffs, 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 playoffs. The hey, bro, the, I, I, the Broncos. I, teased, I did a playoffs? little sprinkle. I did it a little sprinkle that one day. I said two teams from the ASU. We'll see. We'll see. Wow. If they if they could if they could knock the Chargers out of that in the hunt graphic, then then we will put we'll be talking for sure. Well, we'll see. That Buffalo, game is going Buffalo's on. Buffalo's right gliding too. Yeah, after today, yeah. so. Well, and then it also helps you that the Chiefs come back from down 14 to beat the Raiders today. They get a comeback win. They were down yeah. 14-0. They came back and won the game 31-17 to get back in the win column. Um, the AFC is wild. It changes every week in terms of playoff picture, which we'll get to eventually here. But mm-hmm. good win for the Chiefs today and also helps your Broncos. Yeah, let's see. Jaguars, they, they beat the Texans today after – a long, long, long game. It was a three-point game. And yep. the Jags now have a two-game lead on the division at 8-3, and three, which, I mean, that being said, maybe 
my Texans pick to take the division isn't looking too hot, but I mean they'll they'll probably make the playoffs pretty easily at this point. So I stuck. At least we I got stuck that. with the. I stuck with the Jags. I told you to stick with the Jags. Yeah, I told you. you. Did. I told you to stick with Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I like CJ. CJ is the next like him quarterback right now, but he's still yeah. a rookie. And the Texans are still building, and there's still some stuff mm-hmm. that they do that you can tell they're a young team. And they're getting there, and they're very talented, and they've got yeah. some stuff. And I and I do like them to sneak into the playoffs this year, I think. But not for the division, not yet. Yeah, I saw So that pass that he threw to Tank Dell that got brought back to a penalty. I don't know if you've seen that. Mm-hmm. I guess would have been the longest like through-the-air pass completed in I don't know how long which was like 68 yards or something, but obviously got brought back due to a penalty, which is mm-hmm. crazy. I've got some good nuggets for you because um, we are in week 12, so it's QB tiers week. Yeah. And uh, and I do have some good CJ nuggets for you that I think you'll like. Dope, dope. Yeah, he he's a baller for sure. Let's see. Next thing we're looking at, though, the Patriots. Let's see. <laughs> you said they tanked their way to another loss. By missing a field goal against the Giants and lost ten to seven to Devito, who gets his second win, um, which is a wild time. I thought our guy Saquon was gonna ball this week. I, I just, uh, I just wanted to call this like this was the meme game of the year. Uh-huh. Um, the memes after he more. missed this. Yes, I mean it just <laughs> unreal. Like instantly, as soon as he misses the field goal, I saw three in a row, and I won't bore you with describing any more than these three but the three that were the funniest number one pro football focus tweets a picture of drake may in a patriots uniform and it just says drake may you are a patriot um (laughs) number two it was a clip of the movie the replacements i don't know if you've seen this movie but i I watched it actually after we talked about it i watched it there's long ago yeah okay so you okay you remember the kicker and the mob is after him and everything like that yeah yeah so they said that the patriots kicker was that guy looking up into the stands and that was devito's family (laughs) (laughs) i thought that was funny and then and then uh the last one was a picture of robert Kraft on the phone and it was like yeah, Bill, wide left. And, uh, <laughs> then that's what happened. So um, great memes, great stuff, and ultimately probably a good thing for the Patriots that they missed the kick and they don't have to go to overtime and they lose another game. And now they have great odds to be a top three pick, um, if not second. So good for the Pats. I mean, they're really bad. They need uh-huh. a quarterback. They will probably be able to get one now. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, as long as it's not a receiver, I have all the faith that they'll make a good decision. Yeah, if they draft Marvin Harrison, just assume Marvin Harrison will not make apparently will not make it. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. Now, I also want to give a shout out. This happened on Thanksgiving Day, so it feels like old news because it's Sunday now. But yeah. Deron Bland sets the mm-hmm. new NFL record, this fifth INT return for a touchdown on Thanksgiving against the Commanders. Also, shout out to Jim Nance for just being money on the call. Like, as soon as he picked it, he was like, this could be it. And yeah, he this was could just, be history. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, great call, like, forever etched in history for sure. Um, awesome stuff from from Jim Nance and also Deron Bland, just unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, also embarrassing for the Commanders that the Cowboys hid turkey legs all over the field knowing that they were going to be winning by so many points that they could celebrate by eating turkey legs. That's insane. Um, yeah, they got that 
early day, my guy Dak Prescott was over there munching on him after that touchdown. Yeah, right away. <laughs> and then the Rams today, they got their second straight win. They blew out the Cardinals 37-14 to 14 on the return of Kyron Williams. Bro, that dude went crazy today. Wow. Through the air and through the run game. My guy, he was definitely missed. I mean, and then we saw our guy Royce Freeman also get a rushing touchdown for like mm-hmm. 30 yards too. The Rolls Royce was out today looking for a spin. Uh, yeah, the, the Rams looked good. That's the best their offense has looked in basically since the, soup, since the Super Bowl. Is what I would say, say since Coop went down last year. It was probably. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was some of the best football they've played since their Super Bowl run. So congrats to uh, Sean McVay and the Rams. Matthew Stafford playing through injury. The Packers. We talked about this a little bit. They upset the Lions on Thanksgiving. They won their third game mm-hmm. in their last four, second in a row. And they're in the thick of the wild card race right now. They do have that um, tiebreaker over the Rams and the Saints because they beat yeah. both those teams. Um, they've got two games against the Vikings coming up. That Those are going to be huge. So the Packers are right there. The way Jordan Love is playing right now, they could very well oh, end nice. up in the playoffs. Yeah. So we'll see. And on the flip side of that, the Seahawks are suddenly in free fall. They were six and three, looking and feeling pretty good about themselves. They are now six and five after losing their second game in a row against the Niners. And now they have a short week where they have to go to Dallas, who has not lost a game at home in 13 games. Um, are we ready to start asking questions about the Seahawks? Are we panicked about the Seahawks at all, Joey? Uh, I wouldn't say we're well. Their their schedule's getting tough. I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily panic mode, but their their schedule is definitely gonna be hard. And at that point, you might say you should panic. But I mean, at that point, you could say they're battle tested. Like, who knows? They could go go into Dallas and beat them for the first time in the thirteen games. And although it says that that, that won't happen because they have a losing record, but it's very doable considering I think the the Cowboys they they might be on a little fraud alert. I don't know. Who knows? See, it this would be if the Cowboys beat the Seahawks, it would be technically the first time they haven't beat a team at home or you know, haven't beat a team with a losing record, but the Seahawks would be six and six if they beat them. So it wouldn't be a winning record either. It would just yeah, but it would I'm definitely not. be it would be the Murky Cowboys' waters. best. It would be the Cowboys' best win of the season, yeah, for sure. And and honestly, for the Seahawks, it would probably be their best win of the season. I mean, their best win right now is they went into Detroit and won. Um, yeah, but but this winning in Dallas when Dallas is on a 13 game winning streak at home would be a better win, I think. Um, despite what we think of the Lions and the Cowboys, so both of these teams, it's a huge game for both teams because it kind of feels like it's a prove it game. And the loser, yeah. we're probably not going to feel, you know, the Seahawks, if they lose with their upcoming schedule, you know, they still got to play the Niners. They still have the Eagles. Yeah, we talked about that last week. The Cowboys do as well. And the Bills well, following that. And then the Dolphins. Yeah. Which, who, That's who what I'm saying. The, the Seahawks, the Seahawks have, you know, and the, and the Cowboys both have tougher schedules coming up. And uh, it does feel like the loser of this game, we may have, not take seriously as a as a real playoff opponent you know mm-hmm. moving forward so not necessarily an elimination game but uh separate the, the men from the boys yeah in a sense 
the Dolphins, they dominated the first Black Friday game mm-hmm. um, against the Jets, Jets, which felt very to be expected. The Jets started Tim Boyle, <laughs> who we will yeah. cover in the QB tiers today, unfortunately. But does that mean Zach um, Wilson falls out or is it a little spoiler? I'm not telling you. To be to be continued. To Stay be, tuned. To be to be said. Uh Jalen Phillips though tours Achilles, which sucks. I injuries suck. And then like when we're getting in the playoff race and like that Dolphins defense was starting to play well. And remember yeah. a few weeks ago I said they were pretenders because I didn't trust their defense. I was finally getting to the point where I was like, mm, I might think this defense is a, a lot more real. Now that injury changes everything. It just sucks because mm-hmm. they they've never there was like a three week window where they had all their dudes where they had Chubb and yeah. Phillips and Jalen Ramsey was back and Javon Holland and Xavier Howard and now it's like guys are dropping like flies because Javon Holland also got hurt his is not a season ending injury but he's nicked up now and I don't know I don't know if we're gonna see the best of that Dolphins defense this year because of all the injuries. Yeah, and that was one thing I was looking forward to considering I mean. They're they're in the race for their division, and it's like, you know, if they if they can continue this, we might see a different playoff picture, like down the stretch. You know, maybe divisional round through through the AFC championship and whatnot. But I, I mean, it's still early. We still got plenty of time. But yeah, that injury alone is just terrible. And the Achilles again, bro. Like Achilles been dropping left and right. You know what I mean? We had yeah. started with Rogers week one, and it's just cousins. Yeah, cousins. Phillips. Yeah. Um. Then we have the uh, the game of the year, I would say. <laughs> Bills Eagles. Bills Eagles finished up right before we got on to record. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, you got to talk about Josh Allen played his best game of the season for sure. Yeah, played excellent in the rain. Um, too. The Eagles resolve an ability to throw punches when being punched for the second week in a row is incredible. You're, you're um, calling them uh, who's our guy that fought the Paul Rocky. brother? No, I'm calling him Rocky, <laughs> who embodies the spirit of Philly, dude. They'll take punches and but they'll go down to the mat, but they're just getting right back Philly, up. The ultimate goon. Yeah, um, Jake Elliott. From 59 yards away in the rain to tie it on bad field conditions is one of the better kicks I think I've ever seen. Jake, the I mean, that's, bro. That's, what they're that's, calling that's right up there. That's right up there with the Justin Tucker, like 63 yarder in Detroit, like with clean conditions. Like, think about that. This thing was 59 yards yeah. in the rain with a wet field and a wet ball and like all of that. That's freaking yeah. impressive, dude. That's like, I wonder what one the, the better AWS the, was on that. The stones on that dude to do that, like, because if he misses, it's they lose. It's game over. Yeah. He had to make it to tie. Ice cold, like, bro. Ice in his veins. Then you figure the Bills win the toss. They go down there. They don't score a touchdown, but they do kick a field goal. A field goal. Eagle, yeah. Eagles come right back, score the touchdown, walk it off. Jalen Hurts walk off Tutty. The Eagles feel like they're not losing for a while right nope. now. <laughs> I told uh, you know it's crazy. Well, we could we could talk about it real quick. I had the minus three. That's what they won by, so it was a push on that bet. But also, it was like, at one point when I saw the score, I was like, ah, maybe it's not going to happen. And then, you know, they bring it back and get the push. Well, 
It's interesting because I had my scorching hot take the other, you know a couple weeks ago with the Lions getting the one seed. That ain't happening now. I'll just tell you. I, mean, yeah. I was wrong. Yeah. But Philly does have a hard schedule the rest of the way. They've gotten mm-hmm. through the you know the front end of it. They do have to play the Niners next week, and that the Niners this are coming in. They're healthy. This is what could have been it, last year. Yeah, so. and and I do think the Niners could beat them. I think that may be the one other loss they suffer this year. Going to Dallas will be a really hard game for them too. But yeah, that they they've still got a couple more tough ones. But uh, yeah, they certainly have survived Ooh, so it's far. In Philly. Yeah, that nice. Niners game is in Philly. Yes, um, so we get basically a, a run it back from last year's NFC Championship. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got to talk playoff picture, Joe. Yeah, the AFC. So I was on the way home. They're talking about this. It was crazy. I guess within the throughout the day as it progressed, there was like a million different changes to the one seed in the AFC, which could also still change if the Ravens win tonight. The Ravens win. So. Yeah. So the Chiefs are eight and three, Jaguars eight and three, Dolphins eight and three, and then the Ravens are eight and three currently pending this game. They could go nine and three or uh eight and four. But yeah, so Dolphins, they won the other day, so they took first. Jaguars won this morning, so they took first. And then the Chiefs won right now in the afternoon, so then they're still in first, as they originally were. Tied with the Ravens. And then the Ravens could take it all with the win right now. Yeah, they're all eight and three. The Chiefs, yeah. Jags, Dolphins, Ravens. If it, as it stands right now, the Chiefs would win the tiebreaker. The Jaguars would be second. The Dolphins would be third. The Ravens would be fourth. But again, as we said, if the Ravens win tonight, it puts them in first and shuffles everybody else back one. So yeah, um, we'll see what happens. Ravens Chargers is currently three zero at the end of the first quarter. Chargers are winning on uh, Sunday night football. Sure. And the, um, the, or the wild card teams we got, we got the Steelers at seven and four, Browns at seven and four, Colts at six and five, and then the in the hunt look at teams, the feisty we got Colts the without <laughs> their QB still hanging around. Yeah, I, mean, they, they would be I wrote in. him off too early. They would be in. They would be in today yeah. if the playoffs started today. They would be in. And then the the in the hunt teams outside looking in, we got Texans at six and five, Broncos at six and five. Bills at a six and six, and the Bengals at five and six, slowly slipping, but they're hanging on. The, you know, if the Chargers win tonight, they kind of add themselves onto that in the hunt graphic at five and six. six. Yeah, yeah. It feels unlikely that they will make it at this point, but they would technically kind of be still hanging on. So mm-hmm. we'll throw that out there. Um, the Bills have a tough schedule the rest of the way. They're going to have to be really good. The Texans, if if we had to take a guess at who these wildcard teams would be, it feels like our divisions are pretty division winners in the FC. We feel pretty good yeah. about who those four teams will be now. Um, not to say that things couldn't change because the Browns and Steelers are only a game back of the Ravens right now, mm-hmm. but it feels pretty secure. The Bills are two and a half back of the Dolphins with the win over the Dolphins already this year. You know, the Texans and Colts are two back of the Jags. And the Chargers are, I guess, would be the closest team to the Chiefs if they can win tonight. They're three games back. So, like I said, it feels like we know who the division winners will be. It's those wild card teams. It feels like Steelers will likely be one of them. The Browns, we have to see what happens. I mean, with the backup QB, 
that could be tough the rest of the way. Um, AJ Walker. I, I, if I looking at things as they stand, I think I would take the Texans and the Browns to get in with the Steelers right now. Um, or that I said, sorry, I said the Browns. I meant the Texans and the Broncos. The way if we're just taking how teams are playing right now, I think the Steelers, Texans, Broncos would be my three wildcard choices. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bills, if they can muster the wins in that gauntlet of a schedule, would be very dangerous as a playoff yeah. team at that point. But we'll see. I, they basically have to go four and one the rest of the way, and they've got brutal games. The, their only gimme left is the Patriots, basically. Every other game is going to be tough. So the Colts, I just don't know if I trust Gardner Minshew enough. And then the Browns, they have the upper hand right now, but they've got some tougher games, and DTR went out with a concussion today, so they may be playing with P.J. Walker on the road next week at Los Angeles at the Rams. And if Amari Cooper can't go, that really depletes their offense in an already depleted offense. So the Browns may have some tough sledding with these injuries. We'll see. But their defense is so dominant that you have to take them seriously. Yeah, I would agree that I would say the Texans and Broncos would take in those last two spots. The Colts, I don't know. I, I could see a scenario where the Steelers start falling here soon. But maybe that's just me being a hater. And then the Colts offense would... played a lot better today. Yeah, that the the without Matt Canna, we don't know what they're like till today. So I guess we gotta see going forward how it plays out. But I was gonna say, if anything, I could also see the Colts staying in that wild card position, and then the Texans and Broncos sliding as well. But I mean, it's just speculation. And then moving to the <sighs> NFC picture right now, we got the Eagles at ten and one, 49ers at eight and three. Lions at eight and three, also poss- possible fraud alert right there, and the Bronc <laughs> or the Falcons at five and six, ahead of their division. With the wild card teams over there, we got the Cowboys at eight and three, Vikings at six and five, Seahawks at six and five. So they, if it was today, they'd be in. And then rounding out the in the hunt teams, we got the Packers five and six, Rams at five and six. Saints five and six and the Bucks at four and seven. Also um, fighting for their division. <laughs> so let's talk first about the elephant in the room. The NFC South is in Charles Barkley's voice, terrible. Um uh-huh. it it's it's as bad as it was last year. And last year the Bucks at least had Tom Brady. Yeah. We were true. still like a little bit like They're Whoa. still like, oh, they they might pull something. It might yeah. be the Falcons feel like the most the Falcons feel like the most talented team in the division, mm-hmm. but they do so many dumb things that I can't take them seriously. Yeah. The Saints feel like overall probably the best team in the division, but you watch them and they struggle to finish drives in the red zone offensively. Yeah. They're better on offense than they were a year ago with Derek Carr, but they're not good enough right now that I take them seriously either. And then yeah. the Bucks are just really scrap like Baker every time I watch him I'm like man that guy's tough and he's really scrappy and I like him but he's just like not that talented <laughs> at this point like it just yeah. it's just not there and they severely lack any kind of run game so you're just asking mm-hmm. Baker to just win you games and that's just really hard I think Baker would be fine if you had a semblance of a run game but they really don't and defensively they just aren't what they were 2 years ago they just aren't 
They're just not the same, same defense. So, um, that NFC South, I, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine at who wins it. It it's terrible. I'm rolling Falcons. That's my best bet. I mean, if, at the beginning of the year when they added Derek Carr, it Saints sounded like a sure thing, but I don't know. I I still close, I know they and see who it is. I know they lost today, but I still lean Saints winning the division. I think. I just yeah. can't. Desmond Ritter is not a starting NFL quarterback. I'm sorry. He just. <laughs> he threw two picks today. The Falcons won despite him, not not because of him. They won despite him. Why did they um, move away from Taylor Heineke? Is he hurt or something? I know well, they got brought him hurt. in for like a week and then they, he got hurt and they had to bring Ritter back and then they kind of said, "Well, this was always our plan anyway. We just wanted to give Ritter like a couple weeks to see it and then bring him back," kind of thing. And so we wanted to put him on the hot seat so he could see what it was like to pay for a spot. <laughs> I I guess I I don't know I the Falcons feel like a team that needs to either add Kirk Cousins in free agency this offseason or trade up in the draft <laughs> to get a real quarterback because I just yeah just Desmond Ritter um, he works hard I'm sure he does all the right things but like when you watch him play he just he's slow in progressions he makes bad decisions he throws picks and he costs yeah. his team you know I mean his mobility is the saving grace right now that helps but. I just don't think he's the guy there. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, feels like the Eagles, 49ers, Lions win their divisions at this point. Yeah. That feels pretty secure. Again, they all have at least two game leads in their division. And as far as the wild card goes, the Cowboys are most likely going to get the five spot. Yeah. As now, every year. <laughs> I do feel like the way things are playing right now and the way schedules look moving forward, the Packers and the Rams had a really front-loaded schedule. Uh-huh. The Vikings and the Seahawks have a back-loaded schedule. Like, the Vikings still have to play the Lions twice. The Seahawks yeah, still have to play the Niners again. The Seahawks still have to play the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I I, I kind of think that we could very easily, the two teams in the NFC North and West that are a game back, I could see it flipping. And I could see mm-hmm. the Packers and the Rams Packers in the playoffs, the, Rams in. the Vikings and the Seahawks out the way yeah. things are shaping, shaping up right now, especially because we know the Rams have um, in the Rams Seahawks case, the Rams have the tiebreaker. They won both those games. Yeah. The Packers right now would not have it against the Vikings because they lost the one time they played, but um, they do get another game against them. And that could be huge in terms of creating a tiebreaker scenario for the Packers. So and also, I mean, the Josh Dobbs thing has been really fun, but the Vikings are pretty beat up. And I just, I don't know if I can sit here and tell you, like, yeah, Josh Dobbs is going to for sure get the Vikings to the playoffs. Yeah. You know, I, I could just, they finally lost, and it feels like, okay, maybe we'll see tomorrow, Monday Night Football against the Bears. Um, the Bears are kind of one of those scrappy teams you don't want to play in November. We talked about this last time. That's yeah, what they look like right now. Score. So. So um, I could just see, though, that the, the Packers and the Rams flipping with the Vikings and the Seahawks in the next couple of weeks. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. But that's your NFL news, which we took a while to get through today. But thanks for sticking with us so far. So we'll move it along. Yeah, so going to our fantasy update this week. We have – I already won. I won by at least nine at the moment. I got Justin Tucker playing, so we'll figure out how that – Adds up to the score, but big, big uh, points we got. 
Jalen Hurts at 34 and a half. Christian McCaffrey, 30.9 for me. For you, you had Bijan, who went nutty, 27.3. And then Patty Mahomes at 20.8, which gave us a totals of 128.6 after my whole team, and then 119 for your team, 0.8. Josh well, Allen on your bench went crazy, 39.6. Tough, sick. but I mean... That that's the playoffs. Once we get to the Sick. playoffs, our bench is incorporated, and then we'll see what Sick. happens. That'll Sick. separate us in the in these games. So, <laughs> all right, that's fine. So we're six and six now. Yeah, we're even. Feels again. like we're just gonna go back and forth every back week. and forth. Yeah, it's literally gonna be once we get to the playoffs, we'll determine truly who drafted a better team. If one of yeah. us wins too early, or if. If we go 1-1 one, one, and then whoever wins the last game, I don't know. That's the three, baby. Here we yeah, go. Th- well, you got a better chance because my backup quarterback is Zach Wilson. So Josh Allen and Patty Mahomes <laughs> are going to run away with, with no, the No, your backup quarterback is, is Tim Boyle now. Oh, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, oh, and also Mark Andrews uh, is done. So I got Isaiah Likely as my other, other okay. dude. Hopefully for you, JJ comes back and it doesn't just – yeah, stay stay watching would, the games because that would be yeah. huge too. So, really quick, wanted to revisit our uh, Thanksgiving predictions on our turkey legs. Yeah, um, <laughs> I said Goff, CD, and Kittle. You said Amon Ra, CD, and CMC. Yeah, um, we were both really far off on the first one. Jordan Love was actually the turkey leg guy. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, we, we didn't even expect the Packers to win that one. So no, um, I I knew there would be one upset during the day, and I felt like any of yeah. them could happen. Just didn't know which one, and that turned yeah. out to be the one. And then in the Cowboys game, it was Dak and Deron Bland, much deserved mm-hmm. by both of them. And yeah, then definitely. the uh, the San Francisco game, I just saw after it the was game, like everyone the, right, the MC and George Kittle just like had turkey legs and were like handing them out to fans. So I don't know. Yeah. I guess we're we're just gonna say we were both right on that one because the <laughs> group effort for the Niners. But with that being said, it's time, my friend, the moment Ooh, the we've all here. been waiting for. Yep. Yeah. Long, long waited for sure. We're revisiting the QB tiers. The last time we did this, it was uh, week four. So it's been two months since we looked at these QB tiers. And I know Jody is just thrilled right now because he's just been waiting for this. Um, (laughs) So obviously, as we go through the tiers, if you're new here and you don't know what I do with the QB tiers, we rank them in tiers as actors. All right. So uh, the analogy goes. Um, if this quarterback is this actor, you know what kind of movie you're getting, right? Yeah. Um, so right now, um, there's a, a lot of movement at the top um, in terms of guys kind of falling in and out of the top two tiers. Um, and then a little bit more movement in the, it, you know, in some of the young guys, but not a lot. And And then really, we added a tier specifically because there are so many injured quarterbacks right now that we had to add an injured tier, and I'll go through that when I get there at the end. But um, I'm going to give you kind of quick hitters on every guy. Oh, that's comedy. Um, yeah, I'm going to give you quick hitters on every guy and uh, and uh, go through just a, a quick stat as I as I give you the tiers. So we're starting in the A++, A-lister, best star, DiCaprio tier, 
right? These guys are your Super Bowl worthy quarterbacks. These are your best quarterbacks that you could have right now. Guys that I would have right now, uh, I would want right now in this moment and moving forward in the next few years. Number one is Patrick Mahomes. It's been Patrick Mahomes. It probably will stay Patrick Mahomes for as long as he plays. Yeah. Um, he's got the best completion percentage in his career right now at 67.1%. He's got the lowest he's got the lowest sack rate in his career at 3.3%. And he's on pace for the most rushing attempts in his career at uh, mo- uh most rushing attempts and his yards per attempt are at 6.2 right now. So those would both be career highs as well. So he's doing different mm-hmm. things than he's ever done. And uh, you know, I think he's he's doing it with less talent around him. Yeah. And yet still having an unbelievable season and people may not be appreciating it because it's not as dominant or it doesn't look as clean, but he's doing a lot of things that um, if you really watch the tape, you can tell he's just, he's still the best guy in the league. Um, number two. And the only other guy in this tier right now, it's Lamar Jackson. He leads all quarterbacks in rushing attempts at 5.3 yards per carry while also still having the best completion percentage in his career. that's higher than Mm. Mahomes, by the way. He's on pace for the most passing yards in his career. Um, In this new offense, he's a different quarterback. He's unlocked tools that I think a lot of people knew were there, but the people who didn't know, who were skeptical, there's nothing to be skeptical about now. And now the biggest thing for him is just making sure he stays healthy down the stretch, just stay healthy, and he'll have one of the better years of his career. And that's saying something for a guy who's won an MVP. All right, we're going to the next tier. This is the elite tier, the Matt Damon tier, right? Not the AAA Lester, but like guys got every movie's in is good. So here we go. The Matt Damon tier, number one guy I've got here, Justin Herbert. Right now he's top five in touchdowns, interceptions, and QBR. Can we get the man some help? That's all I have to say on that. (laughs) Number two. Jalen Hurts, he's got the best completion percentage of his career right now, 68.5%. He's got the most yards per game, 249.7. He just won a duel against Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in back-to-back weeks Mm -hmm. where he led game-winning drives. Enough said, right? Yeah. Um, Number three in this category, I've got Josh Allen. He's on pace for the most interceptions of his career, but he's still top five in QBR completion percentage and overall completions. And he was also amazing today against the Eagles. So yeah. having what might many might consider like a down year for him, and he's still top five in the league and a lot of the important stats that lets you know how good this guy is. Now, he's fallen out of my A++ DiCaprio tier um, from week four, and this is the first time he's been out of that tier in two years, basically. But um, it's because he's thrown too many interceptions. However, if he continues mm-hmm. to play like he played today, He'll be right back up there. Um, so didn't fall far, but he did fall. Number four in this tier, Tua. Passed for the most first downs in the NFL through week 12. Like wow. this guy's putting the ball down the field. Yeah. Um, number five. Easter. Yeah. Well, it helps that he has those two guys for sure. Um, number five, Trevor Lawrence, he's got career highs in completion percentage, yards per attempt and total QBR six, 68.1 completions, 7.2 yards per attempt. And he's at a 60.2 QBR. Um, so Lawrence is having maybe not quite the year statistically he had last year, but still a really, really good year right now. Um, and 
I think a lot of people are sitting there saying like, uh, you know, is this guy as good as he's been? And it's like, yeah, he, he really is. Even if the stats maybe don't say, if you're really watching the tape and then you look uh-huh. at he's on career, you know, pace for career highs, that lets you know the guy's still getting better every day. So um, really like Trevor Lawrence here. And then lastly, um, in this tier, it's Dak. And this is the highest I've ever had Dak. Um, he's got a 23 to 6 touchdown to interception ratio, which is insane. Um, it's the best one in the league right now. He's top five in nearly every other passing stat. Uh, I, I, the only thing you can be critical about with Dak right now is that he's sort of feasting on inferior defenses. Yeah. And that would be the thing. But even against Philly, he showed up to play well. I know he stepped out at the two. I get it. All right. I get it. But yeah. the guy was really good. He's elite he had a right chance now. To beat him twice. So he's yeah. a, he's a, an elite top ten quarterback right now. Um, and overall, I have him at eighth in the league right now, and he's in that elite, that last of that elite tier guys. So, um, and I haven't always been the highest guy on Dak, but I, I think he's playing his best football of his career right now. So, so I've got so far. Before I get to the paradox Sandler tier, Jody, any any comments that you have? Anything you disagree with? Uh, I'd either at least move Jalen Hurts up one ahead of Justin Herbert, or put him in the A plus plus DiCaprio. Those are my thoughts. Other than that, I think it's chilling. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I've always been high on. I'm glad to see Dak has been able to move up, and. Justin Herbert, like you said, he needs a team. Like, I could agree with that. Dude dude puts up crazy numbers, doesn't really win with the Chargers, and at this point, they might as well just get rid of him, get what they can for him, rebuild. True, true. Um, I think with uh, with Hurts, the only thing that has kept him out of the A++ tier been a little bit inconsistent in first halves, specifically this year. He's kind of done this thing, especially the last two weeks, He's had terrible first halves against the Chiefs and the Bills and then just figured it out and found ways to win in the second half, and that's why he's still elite. Um, But even, you know, he did have a game earlier in the year where he never did figure it out against the Jets and threw a game-losing interception. So um, he's he's been a little bit more inconsistent this year, I think, than he was last year, and yet people will still look at him as an MVP guy because he just finds ways to win, and that's what you love about him. So... Um, I guess that's my little knock on him and why I have him lower than the other three guys in front of him and why he's not in that A plus plus DiCaprio tier right now, but he's a winner. So not too many complaints with him. Um, moving on to the paradox Sandler tier and what we mean by this really good movies, really bad movies. They're on both ends of the spectrum at different times, guys that you trust as your long-term starters, but guys that you're a little bit nervous about sometimes. Number one here, it's Matthew Stafford. Um, I had had him in the elite tier, you know, in the Damon tier earlier in the year, but he's having one of his worst seasons in a while. He's got his lowest completion percentage since 2013. Um, but he's still top 11 in yards per attempt yards per game and on 20 plus yard throws. Um, he just finished his best game of the year by far today, four touchdowns to one interception through for, um, I think nearly 250 yards when it was all said and done found multiple guys, threw the ball to multiple targets. Mm-hmm. You know, he got hit, um, Tyler Higby in the end zone twice. He got um, Kyron Williams in the end zone twice. So he had his best game of the season by far. The Rams had their most productive offensive day by far. But 
Um, when it's really good with Stafford, you win a Super Bowl with him. When it's bad, he's throwing terrible interceptions. So <laughs> that's where you get nervous with him. But I think for the most part, if he continues to play the way he did today, and that's with the banged up thumb, you know, he easily jumps back up into that, you know, Damon tier. But uh, moving on, we got Jared Goff. Um, this is a stat that may surprise a lot of people. But entering today, he had the most 20-plus yard throws in the NFL. He was tied with C.J. Stroud. I believe C.J. Stroud pulled ahead of him slightly after today's game. But, um, you know, Goff has played really well. He's surprised everyone, I think, with his tenure in Detroit. However, he has thrown eight interceptions this year, which is a little bit worrisome. You don't like when Goff gets the happy feet and feels pressure and just throws it up for grabs. So, that is a little concerning. It's interesting to see Goff and Stafford right next to each other, given that they were traded for each other. <laughs> Which is not to say that the trade was bad. You know, the Rams obviously won a Super Bowl, but it's just funny seeing these guys right next to each other. I didn't do that on purpose. Next, CJ Stroud. This is probably the highest I would be willing to go with a rookie. I have him right now as the 11th best quarterback in the league. That is major praise. Like, Generally, I, I'm, you know how I am about sample size and considering past, present, future, all of it. Um, but the context of his situation and what he's done is really impressive. You know, he leads the NFL entering week 12 in passing yards per game. I'm sure after today he still leads that with nearly 300 yards a game from a rookie. I talked about the explosive throws. He's been incredible with Tank Dell. Um, yeah. And I will say, though, the reason I can't move him any higher is you you just you still see the youth and inexperience at times. He had the three INTs a couple weeks ago or last week, I believe. He also today he took two critical sacks on their two minute drill that led to them missing the field goal, the tie. You can't take sacks in two minute drill when you don't have timeouts. Um, And he took two of them today. So. That really hurt them, and you can't say that it lost them the game, that it was his fault. He, he was the reason they were even in it, okay? But mm-hmm. just still makes some rookie mistakes that right now I can't put him above a guy like a Matthew Stafford, okay? Next guy in this category, Brock Purdy. He leads the NFL in total QBR right now at 75.7. Leads the NFL in yards per attempt at 9.4. Um, those are all the good, right? The extreme yeah. good. When things are flowing in that 49er offense and everyone is healthy, Brock Purdy, you might trick yourself into Light thinking he's up. the best. You might trick yourself into thinking he's the best quarterback in the league. However, then you see games like the Browns game where he looked terrible. Awful. Yeah. So there's good and bad with with Purdy. It's been mostly good. And right now I have him as the 12th best guy. You look next, it's it's Kyler Murray. The small sample size today did not help him. He did not get help from his offensive line today, his receivers for that matter. He's played pretty well since he's been back, today being the exception. I want to see more, but he looks healthy and dangerous as ever. So I've got Kyler Murray sitting there. Next, I've got Geno Smith. It's a a slight downtick from his career last year. Yeah, but. Um, he's still got a 12 to seven interception to, to touchdown ratio. Um, and I think, you know, the guttiness, the moxie he showed, I, I don't even know if guttiness is a word, but if, if it isn't, I just made it one. 
the moxie he showed last week against the Rams to even get the Seahawks in field goal position. Yeah, um, very impressive. And he consistently is tough week in and week out. Now that 49ers defense beat him up on Thanksgiving, but um, I, I would expect him to have some bounce back games and some really tough moments down the road here. So um, next I've got Russell Wilson who's been cooking lately coming into today. He had a 19 to four touchdown to interaction interception ratio, which, you know, is right there with Dak as you know, one of the better ratios in the league. It's very, very good. Um, he's been 69% completion percentage. Um, he's been doing the things that they need him to do to win games. I don't think he's elite anymore. And I don't know that he'll ever be in that elite tier in the one above, but I think he's firmly in this third tier of quarterback right now in, in the Sandler tier where he's making yeah. really good movies pretty consistently right now. And every so often he will have a bad one though. Um, that still, that still exists. We go to Derek Carr. Carr tied the NFL lead entering week 12 with seven completions of 40 plus yards, which is funny because the knock on him is that he likes to check it down. And that's true. It's not like that's (laughs) false. It's just that he has been timely with the explosive plays. And he had a couple more today against the Falcons. The problem was every time they get in the red zone, they stall. And part of it is Carr. He's just not quick enough in the decision-making in the red zone sometimes. He stared down a receiver today. Jesse Bates pick sixed him. He's only at 6.7 yards per attempt right now. He needs to be better for them. Uh, and then lastly in this category, I've got Jordan Love. I've moved him up since the last time we did this. He's 3-1 and one in his last four games. I heard a lot of people talking you know, about two weeks ago that ah, I don't know if Jordan Love has it. But mm-hmm. in those four games, he's averaging 277 yards per game. He's got an 8-2 to two touchdown interception ratio. He's been fantastic recently. In the last four games, if he keeps playing yeah. that way, I, I think the Packers make the playoffs. Um, so Jordan Love is is seeing an uptick in his game. Okay, we go to the fourth tier here. This is not a fun tier, you know, from here down, really. <laughs> you really want to be in that upper half of the league in those top three tiers. You know, that's the top, um, you know, 17 guys. So you're in the upper half of the league if you're in those first three tiers. Um, from here on out, we're talking about guys who we're not sure if they're bona fide starters, right? This is the cryptic mm. Nicholas Cage tier. And again, it's just a lot of questions. We're not sure. We just got a lot of questions about this guy. Um, sometimes they look like they could be a star in a movie, and sometimes you're like, man, that's a bad movie. So Justin Fields, he's got 6.4 yards per rush in his career. He's a dangerous runner. He's probably the most dangerous running quarterback in the league. Um, even including Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. And yet, you know, he's he just needs to be healthy and to finish strong. I mean, he's averaging nearly 200 yards passing per game this season, which is a career high. It just haven't seen it enough. I mean, we just haven't seen enough good stuff in the passing game from him. And there's a lot of excuses we could make for him, but it's year three and we're not seeing a whole lot of difference yet. And he's been hurt this year, so it sucks. Yeah. But in his healthy, you know, last finish to the season, this is his this is his moment. Cause I'm gonna tell you, if he doesn't finish the year strong, the Bears are drafting a quarterback. They won't do what they did last year and not draft one. I would imagine they're drafting one if he does not finish this year strong. Now, if he finishes the year strong, they can just say, Hey, we'll get Marvin Harrison Jr. in here and give you a lot of help. Right? Yeah. But but if he doesn't, 
you know, then they can draft another quarterback and probably still draft Marvin Harrison Jr. So, um, <laughs> because they got those top two picks. So, uh, I, Fields needs to finish strong. Uh, next, I've got Baker Mayfield. He's got a 15 to six touchdown to interception ratio entering to um, today's game. And then he was 11th in the NFL and EPAs per drop back, which is, which is a pretty good stat for him. Um, you know, considering I have him as like the 19th best quarterback in the league right now. However, it's what I told you, just that the arm talent sometimes seems lacking. He just has so much moxie and he'll just tough his way through games. And, and yeah. I think he's actually a really good leader. Um, I don't think you're feeling terrible if he's your quarterback, but you don't feel good either. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the cryptic question starter with questions there. Next, I've got Kenny Pickett. All I'm going to say right now is just Matt Canada and we'll see how the year finishes. Uh, going on, moving on. We got Josh Jobs. Josh Jobs is gone from the B-list Leto tier to this cryptic Nick Cage tier, and and since the last time we did this, and he's got a lot of Josh, Josh Jobs magic. He leads all QBs in the NFL entering Week 12 with 5.6 yards per carry. That's a minimum of 6.5 attempts per game. So it means he's he's running the ball a lot in every game, yeah. and and in doing so, he's got the most yards per carry of any quarterback taking that many carries. Um, he's had some magic, but it, I don't think he's a long-term starting option. I think he's a great backup, but there may be some teams that look at him and the way that the NFL is built right now, we don't have 32 long-term starting options. So what that does is it makes Dobbs a starter. And that's why he has to be here because he's done enough this year that he'll probably be someone starter next year. If they don't figure it out in different ways, you know what I'm saying? Like that feels like it could happen. Um, he's just going to be a guy who probably bounces around the league and starts for different teams. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. he's anyone's long-term answer, but I think he starts a lot for, for the rest of his career. We're moving down another tier. This is the young Holland tier, right? This is the youthful tier. The guys who we just don't have enough data on yet to really make a choice. They may have looked good. There may have been some flashes. We'll see moving forward. Um, first guy I've got here, Sam Howell. He leads the NFL in pass attempts by a mile, 486 attempts. He's um, he's because of that. He's top, you know, tops in the league in, in passing yards. He's right up there. Um, but he's also taken 55 sacks, which is by far the most as well. So really don't know on Sam Howell. I, there are moments I watch him. I'm like, man, this guy makes big time throws that none yeah, of these other young guys make. Then I also watch him. I'm like, this guy makes big time boneheaded decisions that some of these other guys don't make too. So got to watch more from him. Um, I do like him in Eric B offense though. I think next I've got Bryce young. He's been sacked the third most in the NFL. There's instability at the play caller. He has a lack of weapons. I just am not ready to evaluate him. I probably won't be until next year. Mm-hmm. Will Levis is, uh, is next here. It's a small sample, but you know, the, the guy's got a six to two touchdown to interception ratio and four starts against Bryce Young. He was able to win today. Um, yeah. You know, he looked good. Sometimes he does look good. Sometimes he looks young. Um, but there's some promise there. Desmond Ritter, he's got six interceptions and eight starts this year. He had two more today. So that'll be eight interceptions and nine starts. That's concerning. I almost moved him down to the B list Leto tier, but. I'm, I want to give him at least 10 starts before I just say y- you don't have it. Um, yeah. Next, we've got Aiden O'Connell. It's complete question marks. He threw 65 touchdowns in college. 
DTR, same thing. Complete question marks. He threw 88 touchdowns in college. All right. So we'll see with those guys. We probably have the rest of the season with both those guys as starters. Um, Joe, anything you, you haven't liked about these three tiers here, the Paradox, Sandler tier, the Cryptic Cage tier, and the Young Holland tier? Uh, I feel like CJ Stroud should be higher in my eyes, but you, you with you, you don't like the tape, or not enough tape, I should say. You don't like the amount of tape that we have. He still makes rookie is. mistakes. He still yeah. makes rookie mistakes. Which is that, also that. why I'm assuming Brock Purdy follows him as well. He does some, yes. some interesting things. Purdy is also surrounded by an embarrassment of riches with one of the best yeah, play true. callers in the NFL. I feel like we've just seen every quarterback who's ever played for Shanahan have success. So it makes it yeah. really hard to be like, well, Purdy's just that good. It's like, well, I don't know. We've got to keep watching. Uh, cryptic tier, the Nicolas Cage. I, I, I ran through a whole different way of everyone after field. So all three of those dudes, Baker, Kenny Pickett, and Josh Dobbs, I feel like you could just mix them however you'd like to, to your fitting and call it a day. Mm-hmm. And then in the, in the Tom Holland tier, I did. <laughs> I saw Aiden O'Connell, and I was like, "Who is this guy?" And I was like, "Yeah, wow. I was yeah. like, oh, this is Aiden O'Connell." I figured it out, yes. but I was like, yes. I was so confused. Okay, uh, let's see. Will Levis? I think maybe he. Well, out of the other three dudes falling him, I guess he is. I would say he probably is better than them. But I feel like with him, the sample size is still small. He could probably really small, really yeah. Small. Because that first game, he lit it up. Today, you know, against Bryce Young, did, like, enough to win. Enough. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I think it's chilling. I mean, like you said, Sam Howell, maybe you could throw him behind Dobbs. Maybe. I don't know. But with, with the enemy, they, I always, I'm always nervous to pick the under against them just because I know they have the possibility to just run up the score with, with the enemy at, at calling the plays. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to get into our last two tiers here. This is the B-list Leto tier. These are basically guys who are just better in supporting roles. They are not day in and day out starters. We know it. They're just backups, and that's just the reality. Like if this guy is – no team in their right mind is going into next season with this guy as their long-term starter if they, if they want to feel good about it. So here we go. Uh, Gardner Minshew, the guy is a big play or a turnover waiting to happen, and there's just no in-between. He's been good enough to win games for the Colts, and I think that's exactly what he is. He's probably the best backup quarterback in the NFL, um, and maybe Josh Dobbs. Those two are, I think, neck and neck for basically they, – they uh-huh. would just be – you'd feel great if you have this guy as your backup quarterback because if you need him to just go in and win you three games, they can do it, that that for sure. Now, if you're asking him to, over the course of an 18-game season, be the guy, that's when their inefficiencies and their you know instability shows up. But, um, you know, Minshew's been playing well for the Colts, and uh, he just turns the ball over too many times sometimes. So that's that's why I would have him in this tier, but he's my favorite guy in the tier for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, Tommy DeVito, major question marks. I mean, I guess he's won his last two games. He looked terrible early, and then he won the last two. Still, I mean, I just don't think he's a guy that we look at as a starter seriously down the line. I just think he's he's a guy who's really probably – trying to earn his stripes to be a long-term backup in the league. And he might be doing enough to do that right now. Um, so big question marks on him. He threw 43 touchdowns in college for what it's worth. Jake Browning, another guy who 
you know, he's not quite young. He's been in the league for about four or five years. He came out of Washington, uh, I think in 17. So maybe six years now. Um, and you know, he threw 94 touchdowns in college. He led Washington, the college football playoff. They lost to Alabama that one year that they made it in. But, um, you know, I think Jake Browning is a serviceable backup. You know, he was okay today through a pick. Um, but we'll see. Next, I've just got the Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, whatever the Patriots are doing combo of just, it's just not good. <laughs> they look like they're tanking. That's how bad those guys are playing. They scored seven points today. I mean, it's embarrassing. Yeah, crazy. And then last but not least, actually last but least, Tim Tim Boyle. Yeah. He has a four to eleven touchdown to interception ratio in his career. I mean, you got it's a joke that he's starting, and it's not even really fair to him. He's not a he's not a guy who should be starting NFL games. I don't even know how he made it on the Jets roster. I mean, I heard it all over the place this year, and I, I or this week, and I don't think people are wrong. It, I don't. Trevor Shimian should start their next game. I don't know how he doesn't. I don't know why it would be Tim Boyle again, but we'll see. Um, and last but not least, we got the Jeremy Renner injured tier. All right. Shout out Jeremy Renner recovering from his really bad accident. But there's yeah. the guys who are just on ice, you know, they're not making movies because they're hurt, um, which Jeremy Renner hasn't been for a little bit. Here. I think that's ironic as hell. <laughs> um, so here you go Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, um, um, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, Anthony, Anthony Richardson, Richardson, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, Watson, um, Daniel Jones. Yeah, Daniel Ryan Jones, Ryan Tannehill. Like, just I, I'm just. It's tough to even say their names. They're all hurt. I think Ryan Tannehill might technically be I healthy on that kidding, ankle right? now, and they've just they're going with Levis. But I put him on here because he really lost his job due to injury. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, all these guys are on here. Um, they're all hurt. What can you say? It sucks. It really does, and it feels like at least. Five of those guys are truly like starters. Um, You know, Burrow, Rogers, Cousins, Richardson, Watson are at least bona fide starters. That would probably all be at least in the top four. I think all those guys might actually be in the top three tiers if they're healthy. So um, that's tough. It sucks. Jones, Tannehill might be slightly different stories. Their teams will likely be moving on from them this year after this year, I think. For sure, Tannehill, maybe Daniel Jones. We'll see. They paid him, though. I don't know. We we will see. But that does it for the QB tiers, my man. Hopefully it didn't disappoint today. Oh, I'm I was having a field day when I saw the Jeremy Renner tier. I I thought it was a great addition. (laughs) I knew that we had plenty of them and I wanted to say something about it, but I was like, you know what? It's his it's his uh his tears. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna inspire him to do something else. And so when I saw it, I thought it was hilarious. Just that that's who you chose, and it was. I was glad it didn't disappoint. Okay. Good. 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 Um, but it's now time for awards. We can zoom through these. I know we've been uh, we've been taking your time today. We've been taking everyone's time today. We're taking. We're, we're going late. We're, we're clocking in the hours, but kicking us off with these awards, we got our favorite. Tukwa Gamer of the Week award. I'll kick it off first. I'll go. I'm taking Devontae Smith. Excuse me. I got him at seven catches on eight targets, 106 yards, and a touchdown in that game versus the Bills. I mean, we saw it late down the stretch in that game where that dude was taking over 
for the squad. AJ Brown dropped the pass, created gold down there. Next play, you go to him, running a dig, gets the first, I think, multiple times on that drive. And not even that, just the weather alone, that makes things tough in his job. And he got, he only dropped one of them. I mean, come on. What, what can we say? I think that's yeah. a game of the week worthy sure. right there. I'm going to Ron Bland. I'm yeah. all I'm going to say is he's he's got five interception returns for touchdown. He does it on Thanksgiving with Jim Nance on the call to get. I mean, dog. I mean, just absolute gamer. That, bro. That's he where knew. I wanted. He him. knew. I, I he knew for that. Five. He knew. He knew the moment and and did it. So that's that's just the definition of a gamer. So um, also we need to start talking about him as the depoy because yeah, that's an unreal stat. We've never seen anything like it. So. Shout out to Ron Brilliant, dude. Gamer of the week. Yeah, he he could get an honorable mention for the dog of the week because when uh, he was on my mind the whole time, and then I saw you had him, I was like, can't take it. But he he would have made my my spot for sure. But speaking of the dog of the week, I'm going back. To, I'm going back to the classics. This one's easy. De- Derrick Henry. We talked about that Titan game real briefly about Will Levis doing enough to win. Mm-hmm. When when that's going on, you who do you, you who do you rely on? The guy that's been there for plenty of time now, Derrick Henry. He went 18 carries, 76 yards, two tutties, which was an average of 4.2 yards a carry. I mean, the dude it's just re- old reliable, the old ball and chain. I don't know what you want to describe him as. He's just there putting in the work all the time and making sure that he gets things done and. Who else could you rely on when when things are going a little bit sour? You go back to the guy Derrick Henry. Let him carry the squad, quite okay. literally. All Get right. the done. Um, Which, go ahead. I was gonna say it's gonna take us to our minor setback, major comeback. And I was wondering who you had this week. Kyler Murray. Um, he had a rough start for his first time since he's come back from the injury. Uh, he was 27 of 45. Ooh. So just, I mean, the fact that he had to throw 45 pass attempts. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, that's pretty unfair to, to him. Um, And, you know, he was, he had 256 yards. He had a touchdown, not terrible stats, but he was sacked four times under pressure all game. He played okay. It just, his team, it just got away from him. The run game was non-existent. Um, I think he'll get more help next week. And I expect better play from him when they go visit the Steelers. So um, minor setback, major comeback. I'm going Kyler Murray. Let's see. We'll, we'll go ahead and skip ahead to the Munoz and then bounce back to the no cap hats off. Uh, but with the Strahan Munoz Big Fellow Award, this week I got Austin Jackson from the Dolphins, number 73. He plays uh, right tackle. So that's the, the blind side for Tua. My dude... Okay, so I've I've talked about people having early days. This guy had the earliest of day. He played one snap in the fourth quarter. Wow. And there was a rushing touchdown that they had that nice. went right behind him. So that first off alone tells you one thing. His, his, he has a good punch in his pass, bro. I, like his hands are just crazy vicious. My, my dude's always chucking them. And his vision's also crazy. I know I talk about it, people running stunts and stuff. This dude... He literally chucked the dude in the into the guard and then pick up whoever came his way, and I guess the only negative I seen he had 
once he gave up a sack and then a false start in the game. Other than that, my dude okay. is killing it. Great in the run game, great in the pass game. Not much to complain about. Um, so my Strahan or on the defensive side, I I kind of went old and young here. Um, uh-huh. I'm going Kobe Turner for the Rams and Brandon Ga- Graham for the Eagles in a split award this week. So Ooh. rookie rookie Kobe Turner for the Rams, four tackles, two sacks, two TFLs. Had a okay. fantastic game. Um, had the little conductor maestro uh, sack <laughs> dance. I like that. Thought that was classy. Um, 14-year vet Brandon Graham on the other end of the spectrum for the Eagles. He had two tackles, a sack, a TFL, quarterback hit. And he also set a new Eagles record by suiting up in the green for his 189th game. Fitting it was in the Kelly Green in Philly today. Um, 189 games as an Eagle. That's impressive. When you think about all the Eagles legends who have played there and how long they played there, Brandon Graham stands alone now. Now, shout out behind him, right behind him is Fletcher Cox at, uh, I believe, 181. So two okay. guys who have just been on that Philly D line for it feels like forever. But shout out to to Brandon Graham for for doing that and not only just being there, dude. The guys in year fourteen still getting buckets, sacks. Yeah. Um, good for him. So uh, we got to bounce back to the uh, the no cap hats off award here. All right, uh, I'm gonna go to college football first. Okay. Donovan Edwards, the running back for Michigan, in the game to start the fourth quarter. They've got a second down. They run a little toss play to him, but then he raises up, passes the ball to their tight end, Colston Loveland, to start the fourth quarter. The Michigan-Ohio State game proved to be a massive play. Awesome play play call by uh, interim head coach and play caller Sharon Moore. Um, If you haven't seen it, go look at it. Unbelievable. And then... In the NFL, with one of the weirdest things I've ever seen, a trick play gone wrong. That was a trick play gone right. Trick play gone wrong. The Browns fumble the double reverse, like, toss back, and uh-huh. the Broncos are able to, like, it, like, bounces off of them, and they're running in after it, and everyone's scrambling for it. The Broncos finally do recover it. Um, it was a huge play in the game, too. So, um, no cap, hats off, Michigan and the Denver Broncos. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'll definitely check out that. That one from the Michigan-Ohio State game. That sounds sweet. Uh, let's see. It's going to lead us to our Who's Cooking Award, a QB who, who's either cooking up some good food or you know, maybe they're, they're botching the, the recipe and it doesn't come out how you would like. And so this week I'm going to take Josh Allen. Sadly, I mean, the dude went crazy, but ultimately they lost in that OT game as he does quite often, actually. He went 29 for 51. In the rain, I don't know. Why you, why you, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I don't. I don't know why you're throwing 51 passes in, in the rain. But I mean, all credit to you. My guy had 339 yards, two touchdowns, nine carries, 81 yards, also two touchdowns rushing, and then he had an interception as well. Oh, okay. But yeah, <laughs> my guy said, "Who would have this?" <laughs> yeah, just the, the he just has a habit of losing in overtime. I was like, "Dang, that's that brutal. That was a brutal." Just diss Quick right dig. there by Jody, who doesn't <laughs> usually do that, by the way. Um, uh, I'm going to go with Jordan Love for my Who's Cooking Award. He went 22 for 32, 268 yards, three touchdowns, 
no INTs, three scrambles mm-hmm. for 39 yards, and his first Thanksgiving start on the road to vanquish the mighty Lions, who had beaten them four times in a row. It was a huge game and a huge win for Jordan Love, like huge for his confidence, his team's confidence. They're standing in the playoff race. Like his head coach, honestly, people were starting to talk about him, LaFleur on the hot seat, all of it, all that's now gone as a narrative. Yeah. And now it's just, hey, the Packers are dangerous. They could get into the playoffs. Huge win. Yeah. I mean, it changes everything for Jordan Love. Here, quick tie back real quick. You know how you talked about the memes at the top? Oh, yeah. I see, I see memes for Thanksgiving games where it was like, oh, the Detroit going in and just losing. What a Thanksgiving tradition. It was like the, <laughs> it was like Family Guy or something. I don't know. I don't know if that was a real episode or they just got Stewie staying that, but it was hilarious to see. Uh, let's see. It's going to kick off my Boo Boo Evans Award. This one, I, I don't, I don't know if you've seen the video on this one, but I'm taking Deontay Johnson. Oh yeah, where I he did just see this. gives up on the play, just like the there's a fumble right next to him. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah, quite literally, it's controller died, and he just stopped. He stopped playing mid play and just like turned around. But it's not even just that. He, <clears throat> excuse me, he had. Uh, let's. Where did I write it down? He had four receptions on eight targets and 50 yards, and one of those was a catch for 39. So it's like on these other three catches, he only got 11 yards. Like, that's brutal. He also, those four drops that he had tied the most for the whole team. So the team as a whole had four drops, and he had four on his own. So it was like total of eight for the squad, and he had half of them. So not a good look, especially when you're getting blasted for that play as well. It's not... Not what you want to see from from a new receiver. Um, we'll finish up the awards here with the standing on business award, and I'm just gonna say it right now: we just might need to rename this the Dallas Cowboy Award because for the second week in a row, the Cowboys covered as heavy favorites again, dude. Minus thirteen and a half, and they won by way more than thirteen and a half, dude. They covered yeah, by a mile. Absolutely routed the commanders. They were eating turkey legs at the end of the third quarter, man. Like, it was a brutal day for Sam Howell and the, and, and the commies. But, uh, yeah, standing on business, Dallas Cowboys once again. Um, we'll push it forward to the turnover on down segment. And I got some fun stuff for you on first down, Jody. You ready? Check it out. Looks like we got two different plays. Is that what that says? Is that what I'm picking up? Boxes nah, one play, one play. Or... So it's one play. I did see this. Uh, I did see this a lot um, in the NFL this week. I just picked the Buccaneers as uh, as the team to show it um, because uh-huh. they had one of the more effective versions of it today. But we talked about this, uh, um, you know, I think early last season with the 49ers, they were, they were the best example of it that I've seen in a long time. But the teams in the NFL, I've saw the Cardinals run it today, the Bucks, the Eagles. Um, this is just a, a common thing now. You're going to overload one side, right? Mm-hmm. It forces the protection to slide. You're going to isolate probably your best pass rusher in a one-on-one situation backside with the tackle. Um, at least that's what you're trying to do. And then yeah. sometimes you're, you're running games with the three-man side. Sometimes you're going to test out how, how well their pass pro rules you know, are effectively communicated because in this case, they're actually going to ISO rush the top two guys in the, in the overload. And then their, their stand up guy, who's 
you know, matched up with the center, they're going to give him a run all the way across and get up and under with the end who's supposed to be isolated. Mm. So now, you know, when you're thinking maybe they're getting three for three and they're sliding over that way and it's a one-on-one, well, now if it crosses his face and he crosses back around the outside, these, you know, old linemen, they got to be good enough to pass that off. Um, and, you know, a lot of times that's a hard, hard task. So this mm-hmm. is third and eight, a one possession game in the third quarter against Gardner Minshew and the Colts. And you'll see, you know, I talked about the Bucks defense not being as good, but man, this was a great play from them. They get up and underneath it. They force Minshew to back away. He ends up throwing the pass 10 yards deep from the line of scrimmage and it forces an overthrow to Josh Downs on a critical third and eight, you know, forces the field goal attempt now in the red zone. Mm-hmm. So you watch it here. And, you know, I mean, he's throwing backpedaling. You know, he had to throw it again, like legitimately 10 yards deep from the line of scrimmage because of the pressure created. The pocket moved, yeah, right? Literally at 10. He's 10 yards deep. And it's just because they move that pocket with their game. And now it rushes the throw. It's an overthrow. It's It's a deeper throw than he wanted it to be. And it forces the incompletion in a field goal attempt. So teams are doing this to speed up the quarterback's clock while only rushing four, um, wow. which, you know, if you're able to do it, that that's really big time because it lets you play coverage with seven still, right? So yeah, it's huge um, for the teams that are that are doing it. And that's why teams are scheming it up and, and running these games. And you're seeing it all over the place in the NFL and in college. So um, if you're seeing that overload, expect some kind of game happening. And said they did that nicely too. The the guard on that play got swallowed up with the with the end crashing and then the tackle coming around, the nose tackle coming around. So they, they schemed that up real nice. The second down on our turnover and downs is gonna be me giving you the bet for next week. Let's see, looking ahead, I got the Falcons minus two and a half versus the Jets. That one's a tough one just because that Jets D could keep them in that game, but like we said, Tim Boyle, you know, might not have have it to score points on the other end. The Colts minus two versus the Titans. I think the Colts are just a better team. Although, according to the QB tiers, Gardner Minshew, you know, might not <laughs> compare to Will Levis. Who knows? But I like the Colts in that one. Jonathan Taylor, at least, is going to score a tidy rushing. I got the Chiefs and the Packers. I'm taking the over 42 in that game. Uh, I, like we talked about the Packers, they're looking real nice. Chiefs, they have a, a tougher front uh, core in the D. Like the D linemen are real nice, but I think Jordan Love's looking a lot better and can help score points still throwing the ball. And then the last one I'm looking at is Panthers Bucks under 38 and a half. That's the one I'm going to go with. I think both of them just don't got enough juice to... Yeah, I don't. Both of them don't got enough juice in my eyes to to score over twenty a pop, let alone get over that thirty eight and a half. You know. Yeah. So that's gonna like be that. my my bet for the week. The only way I think that that bust for you is if just Mike Evans and Baker have like a huge day. The field it's day, a, yeah, they go just, crazy. It's just and a blowout. Yeah, yeah. That's the only, the only thing way. I see too. But it's like I don't know. They've been looking real sad. So. Yeah, I'm with you. That's what um, I'm all right. Of. We're going to go to the third down breakdown and we're going to time war, you know, travel back to uh, Thanksgiving. And we're going to look <laughs> at the Packers. You know, at this point, it was a seven to six game, I think, because um, the Lions had missed an extra point. But seven to six, they're in the red zone. You know, they're or trying to the take them. Yeah. 
trying to take a commanding lead, and it's third and one inside the 10. Now, one, unbelievable play call by Matt LaFleur. Like, just in his bag right here in terms of the play call. Great sell by Tucker Craft and uh-huh. great play action by Jordan Love and, and, and Dylan, right? So you'll see they're going to get the play action stretch look going left. You're going to motion in Christian Watson. Then he's going to run like the clear out route to the back corner. Yeah. Tucker Craft is actually going to block Aiden Hutchinson and be engaged with him for about two seconds before he really delay releases to the flat. You're going to get Jaden Reed running the over route across on the on the goal line, and then backside Dobbs has just got the the back pylon uh, or the the um the the field goal the the goal post route, right? Um. So here you watch it now. If you look in the box, they're two for two, right? Coverage wise, these two are mm-hmm. responsible for That's these that. two. Now watch what happens though. He he's mugged up, right? He walks up into it. They're actually short now once that happens because they're both going to attack the line of scrimmage and watch what happens with Tucker Craft. He engages for, like I said, that two seconds. Then he just disengages with Aiden Hutchinson, just tosses him. And in doing so, gives Jordan Love all the time he needs. Look, all the coverage is over here. (laughs) No one covering Tucker Craft, like wide open. And Jordan Love just floats it to him, lets him get in the end zone. Huge touchdown there, um, which really helped the Packers take control of the game. But yet, once again, you can see it. Once this guy walks up, I mean, he's try- he's thinking, oh, it's run. I'm going to make this play, right? He runs in there, doesn't make the play, and stops his feet, right? Yeah, well, okay, this tough. corner sees deep route, you know, by – by Watson, I got to go with it. Now there's no one left. Let's cover Tucker Craft. A complete bust by the Lions defense. And it, it happened because the Packers had such a great play call and sold it so well. Um, I was going to say, great he, job. He, he, they should run a screen behind him. He did that real nice. No, it was, it was great execution um, all the way around. All right, closing out the turnover on downs. Our fourth down is me giving you a bad beat. I got a couple this week. I'm going to to some prop picks. So we have our guy, Stefan Diggs. His line was 74 and a half closed out at 74 in that overtime game. Okay. We got Dalton Kincaid, same game, 40 yards receiving. He had 38, I think in the first half and didn't get any more since. And then last one I seen was Jalen Warren, his rushing yards. He, he had multiple, depending on when you got it. It was 49 and a half or 50. Dude closed out with 49 in the game. And that Oof. Steelers game. So, just tough games all around for all those dudes. Not get, not being able to clear out those overs if you, if you had those. That is tough. All right, well, we'll finish it out here. Banger of the week. Um, Sir, what do you got for us this week? So, this is more of an something I'm admitting, I guess, than, than like, you know, and maybe you check it out, but we're going to, uh-huh. instead of a specific song or show, I'm going to give you a genre. All right. Okay. So I was, uh, I didn't know this existed until this last week. I was talking to uh, one of our coaches and I was introduced to something called butt rock. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about and you you heard me right. I said it, uh-huh. butt rock. Yeah. Um, so some examples of what counts as butt rock. From what I learned in my research, um, bands like Creed, Puddle of Mud, 
Breaking Benjamin. Um, some even say Nirvana and Soundgarden count. Nickelback, depending on who you ask. So it's a subgenre of of rock and roll that peaked in the mid two thousands. And I would just say this: I think there's there's plenty of songs that fall within this butt rock genre that I would I would say are a guilty pleasure of mine. You know, in terms uh-huh. of when I'm looking for like a switch up and what I'm listening to, and I'm just kind of in that mood of like you know. I'd like to listen to some stuff like this right now. So uh, <laughs> guilty pleasure music for me, um, butt rock. It's an interesting genre, and if you're unfamiliar, check it out. Can you give us a couple songs out of these dudes that you like, some good ones? Um, okay, so if I'm thinking Puddle of Mud, there's a song called Blurry. Um, many people probably would recognize the song if you heard it. Uh-huh. Um, Creed was in the news this week because uh, – 20 years ago, I think it was 20 years ago, they played the Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving halftime show, and it's the song oh, Higher. Yeah. Yeah. And they did a whole deal. and crazy that, all Thanksgiving. Yeah. They were like, yes. how, how does Jack Harlow not have anything as cool as this? No. <laughs> yes. So uh, they were getting their flowers this week. So Creed, Higher. I mean, those are some of the better ones I can think of off the top of my head. You know, But uh-huh. yeah, there you go. So Puddle of Mud, Blurry, and uh, Creed, Higher. Those are some... Excellent butt rock songs, if you're (laughs) interested. Yes, Jody, any comment there? I mean, are you just going to let that be Uh, what it is? I mean, I'm surprised that's what they're calling it. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know know either. (laughs) I don't know either. I'm not really sure, but I think it's hilarious. I don't know. Maybe I'm bugging, but maybe it's like classic rock. I don't know. I'm I'm not a big rock guy in general so i couldn't really tell you but yeah i mean yeah we'll let that be what it is butt rock all right and, <laughs> and on that note yeah that's, guy that's ray ray. nfl week 12 right there so yeah our guy ray ray go ahead joe <laughs> he's gonna take it out for us Knocking at my window. 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 Knocking
knocking at my window. Knocking at my window. Knocking at my window. Frustration will keep going on, anger will keep going on, till we finally go back down to the simplest word, love. If I got you and you got me, then we found a treasure. We gon' last forever, even if we not together. This that feeling you can't replace or replicate. Memories, they be hitting me like a heavyweight. Gotta keep it straight, straight, straight. You say you leaving and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Gotta make a play. I say, where do I go? What do I do? And I just feel like I'm losing my time, cause all of the time I'm thinking about you. You my boo. What do I do? Girl, I don't know. I'm still waiting for you to come to a show. <laughs> so I guess I just be right into my fingers bleed. You know I got you whenever you and your time I need. Another poem to express myself. I'm trying to let my guard down. I can't help myself. I mean that. And I'm trying to let you know I need that. Tell them other clowns I try to spit game ease back. Hey. I mean I got a lot I want to say. But for now, this a do, sit back and press play. I'm reminiscing about the times that we used to have. And everything that we used to do when we used to laugh. It's been a minute, I want to know how you been, though. Close my eyes and hope you knocking at my window. Another night in Knocking at my window. Another night in Knocking at my window. Knocking at my window. Knocking at my window. Another night in Knocking at my window. Knocking at my, knocking at my window. Yeah.